This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Wheelhouse. Earlier this year, my business partner and I launched a new vacation rental management company. And knowing that having top-notch software providers by our side was a major key to success, we set out to find the best revenue management software in the short-term rental space. This is where Wheelhouse comes in. It's an incredibly robust platform that gives us critical market data and integrates seamlessly into our software stack. More importantly, it's built by a great team with a ton of easy tools for you to earn more on your short-term rental. Put simply, Wheelhouse has enabled us to grow our business and earn more on every reservation. We use it daily, and if you're in or looking to get into owning or managing a short-term rental, I know it can help you too. To learn more, head over to their website, usewheelhouse.com, and you can use code KNOWINGHOSPITALITY to get 50% off your first month with Wheelhouse. That's usewheelhouse.com. Now let's get to the podcast. How do you really empower those employees to align with, to improve the service culture? You need to know what the company culture means. And and I think that's so important to know that. Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast, the show that deconstructs the inner workings of the hospitality industry, breaking down the tools, tips, and tricks that the world's best run hotels use every day. Here's your host, Adam Knight. My guest today is Robert Reitneck. He's a hospitality and luxury brand advisor with 30 years in the industry. During pre-pandemic times, hotels across the country spent a great deal of time trying to improve service culture. But now that travel is returning and staffing remains tight, how does a hotel ensure that there's alignment with guest, employee, and brand expectations? We're diving into this today with an eye on service culture, authenticity, influence, and communication. So let's get to it. This is episode 57 of the Proven Principles podcast, Robert Reitneck on improving service culture. Enjoy. Robert, thank you so much for being on the show. It's great to have you. Adam, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. This is a great opportunity. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, I think the situation where we are right now with travel coming back uh, and and getting into a discussion about the changing needs of customers, what customer service looks like as we're sort of moving into whatever this new normal is here, at least through the summer, right? Um, is a It's something that's been on my mind a lot and, and a lot of conversations I've been having offline. So I'm excited to have you on today to dive into this a little bit, hopefully give people a bit of a roadmap on what to expect. Uh, but before we get too deep into that, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? What's your connection to the industry? Sure, Adam. Well, you know, I am a guest experience expert and I specialize in the luxury hotels and resorts industry. So I've helped luxury service leaders build guest loyalty through personalized, authentic guest service. And I've over, you know, I, uh, from the last time I counted, I have over 30 years of primary, primarily hotel experience. Mm-hmm. And I've built teams that align with high-end customers and service cultures. And I've worked with prestigious brands like Montage International married and various resorts, just to name a few. And um, I've also guided small one-location teams, as well as large multi-site teams, driving cross-functional collaboration throughout the entire um, customer satisfaction journey. 30 years is uh, quite an accomplishment. (laughs) It is. I think I've I've, uh, worn every imaginable hat you could wear from the ground up. Which is important when you're leading teams. It is. Yeah. I mean, I, this September, September is always my kind of my yearly marker for being in the industry. So this September coming up will be 26 years for me, which is, I mean, it's gone lightning well, fast. Congratulations. Yeah. That oh, is thank you. It's an accomplishment. It's, uh, it's, it's great. But you're right. I mean, wearing a lot of hats all the way up 
really important if you're going to lead a team, especially when you're in operations, because, you know, knowing what they go through right on a day to day basis is. Right. No, it absolutely does, Adam. I think that, you you know, the one word I always share with um, not only myself, but other leaders and other people in the industry, especially if you're trying to get into the industry, is to be passionate, but be humble. Hmm. Uh, and humility is uh, important to know as well. I think that it really shapes your your success for not just the short term, but the long term. I remember a general manager telling me, um, so, you know, what's my next move? And he said, you know, just remember, it's not a race. It's a journey. And I think that's so important to remember through people's career. You, just, you don't just hit a switch and you're in the position you want to be. Mm-hmm. I think you're learning all the the, the important roles from a front desk agent to a house house person or housekeeper, you know, the frontline <clears throat> positions where you're really going to be um, in front of the guests day in, day out is so important. I, I, I had a very similar conversation several times throughout my career. Um, you know, slow down. It's, you know, it's, it, it, you're right. It is a journey, uh, it, but we're just so conditioned and so focused, especially, I mean, across every tier in, in hotels, there's no doubt, but in the luxury tier where I've spent my career, it's, uh, it's a particularly arduous climb through the ranks. Uh, cause you, cause you, I mean, not only do you take a lot of, you, you do get steps forward, but there's a lot of lateral moves. There's a lot of right. like maybe one or two positions down, but it's all in an effort to try to help you develop a set of skills and, and, uh, a bandwidth, of, of being able to understand what's going on, uh, within oftentimes a very complex hotel and being able to keep those plates spinning as it were, like kind of the old style circus, uh, metaphor. I agree with you. Tell me a little bit about, uh, the employee voice. So this is, it is something that I know that, uh, you know, we talked about this offline. It's a big message of yours in, in when you talk with a lot of your clients. Um, what's your perspective on this within the hotel industry? And maybe, you know, as we're, as we're starting to come back, has it gained in importance or are there other things that are maybe more important um, in, in today's world? That's such a great question. You know, the employee voice, it's always going to be important. I mean, it was important before. COVID, and it's certainly more important now, the employee voice. I mean, you know, the employee voice to me, it's defined as the opportunity for employees to express their concerns about their policies in the workplace and and offer ideas about how to improve conditions in the workplace as well. So, you know, um, you know, to how do you really empower those employees to align with, to improve the service culture? You need to know what the company culture means. And and I think that's so important to know that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. What are some of the hurdles that you've seen with respect to this, you know, in, in your own career too? I mean, maybe yeah. some learnings after the fact, Monday morning quarterbacking it. Um, this is something I know from experience that mm-hmm. is talked about a lot, but the practical application of it always seems to like fall a little bit short. Sure. I think the, the one of the challenges is, um, when hiring managers bring people on, you know they're they're making sure it's a cultural fit, and they're not just hiring the skill set, but they're looking at the whole person to bring them on. And I think that's so important because it, it's your journey. It's it's a partnership when you when you start a position. I mean, when I started my my last few positions in several companies, you know, I always wanted to make sure that I had a voice um, and that. 
the leadership were receptive to that. They were really mm-hmm. listening and they wanted, you know, if if there needed to be change, I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. However, at the same time, you know, keeping an open mind to change and pivot, you know, and evolving uh, if, if there was a need. So that I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it coming, comes back down to, uh, I suppose, you know, w- when you start a new position in a company, and I know there's a lot of people doing this right now, uh, embracing the culture, what the brand stands for, uh, a lot of the, uh, uh, not just service elements, but like there's everybody's, every company's got kind of a certain way of looking at the world. And if you want to be successful with that brand, a lot of that has to do with how well you integrate into that <laughs> that view of the world. But right. at the same time, I think you're you're spot on here with your point about being able to have some influence within your specific hotel. You you know, if you're working for you know a Marriott brand, you're probably not going to have a lot of influence at the larger uh, Marriott umbrella. But you can definitely influence the culture within your own individual hotel, and and you know that's pretty powerful. Right. And I, I also believe that you know, your your associates, and I've said this before, and I've and I've made it very clear with my mindset when I work with teams that your your front line has more power than they think. And um allowing them to have that voice and to um to collaborate with you, it it really helps and shapes that culture that you're looking for to be successful. Yeah, yeah, and, a, and and an offshoot of the overall culture, the corporate culture within a property, is the service culture in the mm-hmm. hotel. Um, and you know, you, at a high level, one may think that those are the same thing, but they really aren't. They're two. They're kind of two distinct um, elements that kind of make uh, give a property some soul or some feeling behind it. How do you empower employees to align? and improve service culture within a hotel? Because it kind of comes back to this initial point about being able to have influence in your property. So how do you do that? Well, I think there's a few steps that you want to do when you're empowering employees. Um, you want to be um, you want to be transparent. Um, and it's important to keep people informed about changes in the organization, um, those that you've already implemented and those being considered to be implemented. So I think that's important. Um, and you really need to trust your employees. You know, um, I think trust is a word that we use quite often, but do you really trust your employees and, and your uh, employees trust you as well? Man, that's a, that, that's a deep well, <laughs> the trust conversation. A, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because so many things can go to, and it, it, I mean, you're right, it ties back to communication, but so many things can go to, to ruin that trust on both ends. Right. Uh, you know, being inauthentic with communication or, or not even that, maybe, maybe unintentionally not communicating important things that impact people's ability to do their job, either mm-hmm. daily or, I mean, thinking back to when the pandemic started, whether or not people were going to have jobs or not, and not just going in on Tuesday morning and finding out you've been furloughed. Right. Clearly there was knowledge that that was going to happen on Tuesday. So sure. maybe give people a heads up. Right. But right. at the same time, you know, it's a two-way street employees. You, you have to, you have to conduct yourself with, with, uh, honesty and integrity and, and really look out for the best interests, interests of the organization. If you want, you have to give your boss something to trust, I guess is where I'm going. Right. And that's critical. 
Right. And I believe your employees, you know, can be trusted to support change when they understand what's going on behind the scenes. And that's so important. I think a lot of leaders um, don't communicate effectively that way, but some, um, but most of them do. Um, but it's just something to be, uh, to be known. You know, as part of service culture, there's, and I, I'm sure everybody listening right now, yourself too, has experienced something where you go into any business, not just a hotel, uh, and it's very clear that the person behind the counter or doing the thing that you're there to get done is going through the motions and they might be hitting uh, a mental checklist of steps that need to happen within an interaction, but it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel natural, right? Um, if as a manager within a hotel, it could be very hard to, to take a 10,000 foot view of perhaps your department and critically look at it and, and whether, know whether or not you're providing that authentic service, because that's the differentiator between good hotels and great hotels. So how do you know if, if service at a property is authentic? What's, what's the steps there? Well, I think it's, you know, a calling, you know, it's rarely ever easy, but it's all, but it looks effortless. I mean, um, you know, it's the, it's that feeling of feeling to serve. And it's often dictated by impulsive um, highs that rapidly fade. So I think that's important to know. Um, and I call it the unexpected delights. Um, so I think that's important to know because when you're, you know, if you have a guest in front of you and they're they're coming in with luggage and uh, without them asking, you're you're already um, rushing over to them or getting assistance to help them with luggage, um, and that's really an unexpected delight that most guests love to see, and that's authentic because it shows that you really are passionate and you care about the guest. Yeah, yeah, it's more about emotionally connecting with people Correct. rather than just robotically going through right. a set of company standards that's, right. you know, whether it's interaction, whether it's, you know, how, how quickly you greet somebody, whether it's where the, uh, I don't know, the flowers are placed on the table in the lobby. I mean, those are important. It's not to discount those things because those systems and processes are the things that engage five cent, you know, the five senses that I think, um, uh, we can get into that. And people who've listened to the show have heard me talk about it before, but the five senses are so important to engage at a property in a balanced manner and systems and processes help you do that. But there's something else. And it's that like making people feel like maybe they're the only guests there. You certainly want to make them feel special. And, you know, if you were a guest in my home, you know, I wouldn't wait for you to ring the doorbell. I'm going to find out more about you and, and what you like to personalize that experience. So it's a caring and a memorable experience that you're going to remember. So when you come back, you know, that you're going to say, you know, I'm coming back and here's why it's because of what you did. And, you know, that is rewarding in itself to hear language like that, but, you know, it's never going to be transactional and it's certainly, you know, building and creating a relationship with that guest, even if it's for a minute or two, but again, you're building a relationship, hopefully for life, you know, that, that, that your guest becomes a promoter of your of your brand. Yeah. I remember uh, back early days when um, mobile technology was starting to be introduced into the operation. And this, I mean, I, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but we, you know, we had, we didn't have iPads yet for, for 
check-in in hotels. I mean, there was a point where that, you know, actually a lot of hotels still don't, but like this was in early days when iPads, it, we were, I think we were like version one or two of that hardware. But we were trying to figure out a way to remove the, the, the front desk in a, in a luxury hotel. And how do you, how did we do this, uh, in a way that was, um, that maintains, uh, ease of use for the employees, but it improved the experience for the guest. And one of the monikers that we started talking about, or we started to kind of promote was that we were getting away from a face-to-face -face traditional interaction and going more hip to hip. So you're kind of, you're with the guest, you're not a person uh, who they go to when only when they need something. It just, there's something about how that is framed and in the, like the image of that, but also in the application of it that was pretty powerful. I and mean, actually that hotel we ended up, we used JD Power as a, as a, a ranking system for the company. And, and we shot way up in our overall rankings within the organization uh, just because of that style of training. So that's, I think it's a great example of, of what you're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about your views on the the front line being the bottom line. What do you mean when you say that? Well, I think your front line um, is your bottom line because they're going to be <clears throat> with the guests um, day in, day out. They're the first person they see and the last person they see, generally. And when there's a problem, it's that first it's the first contact they have with that person. So I think it's important that they can make or break your brand on how they respond. And it's so important. Um, I, I know there's been a shift in the training development a little more. And I think um, on how to, to work with your associates who are now do directly working with your guests day in, day out to make that experience memorable. So um, that's what I mean by the front line is your bottom line. Is there any messaging that you give to department managers or associates on the front line that uh, kind of gives them some purpose behind that to help them maybe understand how they, what they do every day fits into the broader context of what the property might be trying to deliver? Yeah, I think by explaining them not just what their job function is, but how they make a difference and their purpose of why they're there and and. And then, you know, bring in the, the training development of their, of their, uh, of what's important to them and, and, and making sure that they understand it. So not only they are following your culture, but more importantly, they're, they're, um, they're creating their own destiny with the guest and creating their own relationships. Um, it's, it's just more about being themselves and, and being authentic that way, because I think it's it's one thing to be scripted, but it's another when you um, are are speaking from your heart that you really care about that individual. So I think those messaging, the messages, are important to share with your associates. Yeah, I guess that adds to the authentic level of service. It it helps in fulfillment in what you do every day. Uh, sure. I mean, there's a lot of benefits there. Um, there's no doubt. Um, Offline, before we started this, we were talking about vacation rentals. Right. And, uh, and I'm curious to get your, th I think this is, I mean, we, I've done shows about this. Uh, this is a fascinating part in, in evolution within the hotel industry at right. large um, that I've personally become very involved in. Um, I think that that side of the industry is going to drive 
uh, a lot of the uh, maybe technology adoption and service application mm -hmm. uh, at, at a larger scale here. Um, have you talked with any clients about the vacation rental impact on their properties? And if there's anything that they can do from a service perspective to, I don't want to say combat that because I don't mm -hmm. want it to seem adversarial, but right. you know, that's how the, that's the view in the industry right now. So um, what, are you hearing anything out there? So I'm, I'm hearing a little, I mean, I have spoken to, you know, various owners and, and property um, owners um, that, that try to come, try to say, well, how do I, make a difference with the guests that are coming in. And the two biggest um, discussions I'm hearing are the welcoming and departure. Uh, so there's no surprises. So the communication piece of just making sure that the guests know what to expect, just like if you were going to a, a luxury brand. Again, it's just, you know, it's, it's the fundamentals of keeping things really straightforward and transparent, but at the same time, um, you know, really personalizing that experience for the guest. And the second um, <clears throat> area that I've been hearing uh, quite a bit is the safety and and um, and cleanliness. Um, you know, of keeping their properties uh, up and, and going. And there's so much there's so much resources out there. I mean, you know, you don't have to be a luxury brand to create a luxury service, but at the same time. I think that um, you want to you want to hit the the touch points that are important to your guests to the to the market or to the guests that you are targeting. I mean, there are when I when I was working with uh, you know many different brands, um, especially in the luxury brand um, industry, not every guest is going to be a perfect guest for your location. So. Um, if you have other brands to turn them to, obviously you would want to promote that because you want to make sure it's not only just a fit for you, but it's certainly an experience that the guest is going to have with your brand, and it's a perfect match. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's some good insight there. Yeah, I mean anybody who's ever uh, worked at the front desk and and experienced uh, a low point in occupancy. And perhaps you start selling rooms on some of the OTAs at a much lower rate than what mm -hmm. you would typically would. You can see very quickly that all of a sudden there's guests in your hotel that normally wouldn't stay there because the rate is the barrier. Right. Um, and it, it, what I've seen in my experience is that what a lot of properties will do is they'll drop the rate. It'll bring in guests that aren't their typical demographic, but the, you yeah. know, it's your opportunity to stay at this luxury hotel for a lower rate. So you go and do it, but everything within the hotel is still priced at what it normally is. So, yeah. you know, breakfast is still 35 or $40 and parking still 50 or $60 and charge mm -hmm. for internet. And there's like all of these like little things that normally nobody even bats an eye at, but because you've got a different demographic in the hotel, cause you dropped your rate you've got this whole new set of of potential challenges to deal with that that need to be talked about internally to know like okay so so we're selling our rooms at this but now suddenly breakfast for two is more more expensive than than what it costs to stay at the hotel 
it, you really have to think about how you're going to engage those guests. And even like operationally, are you going to lower your prices on all of these other items? Are you going to remove services within the hotel? Because you're really, I think you do your brand and you, you do your hotel and your employees and your guests, like four things there, four stakeholders, a disservice by just arbitrarily dropping your rate to, to increase your occupancy. Meanwhile, you can go back and take a look at all of the negative reviews that will probably pop up because, because you're not servicing the people that are in the hotel in the way that they want to be served. It's so right. that's, you know, I'll get off my soapbox now, no, <laughs> but I, it's, it's definitely something to think about. It, it definitely is Adam. And it's so important. I think, you know, creating a balance and, and not always discounting your, <clears throat> your, uh, your rate is, is a solution. I mean, there's so many other important factors when you're, when you're having a guest stay at your property, you need to look at what's important for them and then what's important to your brand, you know, and then staying in your lane. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, Robert, this was uh, this is a great conversation. I think that we've got uh, a lot of people coming in back into the industry now who are trying to figure out where do we go from here? And, and conversations like this, I think, help guide the way a little bit. It clears the path. Um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you or learn a little bit more about what you're doing, what's a good place for them to go? Sure, Adam. The best way to, to reach me, you'll you'll always find me on LinkedIn. Um, so you just uh, type in my name, Robert Reitnick. Um, and um, I do have a website. It's uh, it's um, robertreitnick.com. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find me there. And I have uh, articles and trade magazines I've written to and um, just recently been um, on a committee uh, or been approached to be on a committee for a luxury uh, association. So uh, exciting news uh, to come about that. And uh yeah, I look forward to engaging with anyone that's looking for support. Sounds great. I'll link to everything in the show notes if anybody wants to find it. I'll just, I'll just scroll right down. Sounds great. Robert, thanks again for being on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks, Adam. This was my episode with Robert Reitneck. You can find him on LinkedIn or at robertreitneck.com. I'll link to both in the show notes. You can see the full interview on YouTube. Just search The Proven Principles Podcast. And you can learn more about the show on our website, theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. Finally, if you need help with a business strategy or just someone to work with on a tough problem in your hotel or restaurant, please don't hesitate to reach out. If I can be of help to you in any way, you can book a free call with me by going to knowinghospitality.com slash contact. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. For past episodes, show notes, or if you've got a story that might make a great episode, head on over to theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, even on YouTube. And if you haven't already, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening to the Proven Principles Podcast.